<laughs> what? <laughs> Watching you listening to us is the oddest thing. I bet. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. I was literally doing this at work throughout the week, and like, I'm sure people are over there like, what the fuck is he doing? He's like giggling in a podcast. <laughs> Well, hello and welcome to Bromancing the Stone. It's the podcast where myself, Renee Sanchez, and my good buddy, Max Lyon. What's up? Watch rom-coms and then record our thoughts and place <laughs> them on the internet for the tens and tens of listeners listening. <laughs> Pleasure. All right. <clears throat> and this week... Max and I are starting our two-part 100th episode spectacular. Strap the fuck in. <laughs> we did not watch a movie. Uh, so either of these parts, you don't necessarily have to have watched a movie. But if you've watched any of the movies with us, we'll be reminiscing about past episodes and talking about just the podcast and rob cobbs and life in general this is know? dude this is our free episode to ramble as much as we fucking want like yeah. to ramble even more so than we used to on our old episodes <laughs> dude that hitch episode holy god our our pilot episode which was two hours long and we said <sighs> it was because we were introducing ourselves and why we created the podcast and then we proceeded to make a bunch of episodes that were an hour and 50 minutes. Yeah. After it was not the only so, one like that. Like, what yeah, we, we were lying to ourselves. <laughs> but, but then we, we honed it in. We found the pocket we, on we it. We found the formula. We found the formula. And in this case, we're going to have a two hour episode, but basically we're going to cut it into two parts. Yep. yep. Um, because also this is going to be, an excuse for us to make an episode and then take a Thanksgiving break. Because Thanksgiving <laughs> is right around the corner. I mean, it just so happened to work out that way. But. Exactly. So I honestly, I was yeah. excited about doing this episode all week. Like I was, I got obviously a lot more progressively excited as the week went on, but like mm. I started listening, like it gave me an excuse to like go back and listen to old shit and it got me pumped. Like some yeah, of the man. old shit that we did was fucking hilarious to go back and listen to, like both for because it was good material, but also because like what the fuck, what the fuck were we thinking? Half of it. <laughs> I feel woefully un underprepared <laughs> for today. I, yeah, for this episode. <laughs> no, you're you're very prepared. You were present through the first ninety nine. You're very prepared. <laughs> exactly. That's why I said I feel. No. I probably am good, but no, I good. feel that way as I, you know, clear eye buggers out of my eye. <laughs> anyway, the people can't see me, but just know I understand this is an audio medium and you need to know what I'm doing. Let's paint them um, a mental word picture. Yes. <laughs> paint you a picture with my words, girl. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> so let's, uh, let's uh, you know, let's, let's go. It. Let's talk about let's the stats. <laughs> <laughs> let's just jump into the stats of the film. Uh, oh, wait, there is no film, bitch. Uh, so, Renee, is this your first time doing a podcast? No, uh, I've done multiple podcasts. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. 99 I mean, to be exact. I mean, I, well, I also have another podcast with my sister, Rebecca, called We Watched Our sure. MTV. And then there was another podcast a while ago that I had about wrestling that I'm not even going to mention the name of because I'd rather people didn't find that because it's of shitty quality. Oh, you're fucking <laughs> your old one about uh, when you used to have your old Twitter too? <laughs> well, I, it wasn't my old Twitter. It was, I just had the same Twitter the whole time. Didn't you used to have a wrestling one? Yeah, I still have it. Oh, okay. I just don't post on it that often. Gotcha. Because I don't watch wrestling that often anymore. At least the WWE. I watch AEW if I watch anything. It's uh, AEW. AEW is the new wrestling promotion in town. A lot of uh, people who were in WWE over the last like half decade to decade are now wrestling in AEW. What's um, AEW? Because WWE. For? Yeah. AEW stands for All Elite Wrestling. God, I fucking, I knew it. That was the only thing I could <laughs> think of. I was like, is it All Elite Wrestling? Yeah. So it's a, yeah, it's, it's of good quality that, that promotion um, as far as the wrestling product. Um, but well, nonetheless, we're not, here to talk, <laughs> we're not here to talk about wrestling, which is something else I could also pontificate oh, yeah. about. Oh, yeah. We're here to talk about rom-coms and <laughs> particularly our podcast about rom-coms. And we started off our very first episode, as, as I kind of mentioned earlier, we started off and we spent the first half hour talking about why we were creating this podcast, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, why, you know, why we felt the need to have our voices be heard. And so I guess Max... Let's start off by going to you first. Uh, how do you feel about rom-coms and about, I guess, j just in general and about our podcast after 100 episodes? I can't fucking believe it's been 100. Yeah. I mean, I can and I can't. Yeah. Two years. Like, two years. Yeah. Two years ago. I Like, I... I yeah. Do you realize how much shit has happened? <laughs> I know. <laughs> like so I remember, I remember clear as day. You sitting back here on my couch. Remember <laughs> that? Remember fucking being in my apartment? Remember those days? Jesus. Yeah. If that doesn't feel long ago, and I remember you asking me to do this around Christmas time, like holidays are coming up. You're like, dude, you know what we should do. A podcast. Yeah. What's it about? Rom-coms. I want you to help me talk about rom-coms from a guy's perspective. I was like, I would fucking love that. 100 episodes later, fucking hate rom-coms. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no, man. If anything... It's, it's been, honestly, it's been perfect because it's, 
I've been able to go through all of these rom-coms that I loved as a younger kid, as a, you know, a teenager or as a college student, I've gotten to go back and reminisce and watch those again with someone that I actually trust to talk to about them, which has been amazing. And then I get to like grow just from this podcast. Honestly, I felt like my whole like perspective of rom-coms has grown immensely because of this podcast, like doing this with you. It's been fantastic. It's helped me grow as a person. It's been great. I love it. That's all I got. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Well, Max, glad you asked. Uh, I came up with an idea that I wanted to, you know, when I feel the urge, I can, I like to write. I rarely feel that urge because writing takes work and I am quite lazy. But <laughs> um, I felt for this episode, you know, I wanted to write something and like prepare it and kind of read almost like a statement uh, about that question. Cause it is kind of a, the big it's a, it's general a answer, you know, it's, it's kind of the, the big, like, you know, you know, why are we still here? What are, it's just kind of the all encompassing answer. So, uh, I started writing this about an hour ago. I finished it about a half hour ago. About so, fucking time. I'm so glad you're fucking writing. I mean, I want to hear this shit. So, uh, yeah, this was, a. this is what I came up with for that. Uh, I wish there was a singular point I could make about my feelings on rom-coms at episode 100. <laughs> I, I hate that. A general all-encompassing statement that precisely and eloquently states my exact feelings on this genre of film. But after watching so many of these films that are considered romantic, the only conclusion that I can come up with is this. Love is a choice, and at their essence... These films centered around love are dependent upon the choices that they make. Hmm. And I don't think I'm reinventing the wheel with this opinion. Like the quality of a film is based on what the creators choose to do. No shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yet if you take the time to really examine that statement a bit further, you realize just how much goes into the choices within love and rom-coms with love. It's a bit easier to explain how difficult it is to understand because it's a shared experience amongst most all of the human race. Most everyone understands the choices you make while in love for loved ones or to show your love to someone. These choices can range from completely logical, selfless decisions to illogical, selfish ones. And it's easy to break down loving someone to a simple statement of love is a choice but it's extremely difficult to comprehend all that that entails. With rom-coms, or, well, rom-coms have proven to me to contain the same depth with, within its assumed simplicity. Hmm. The general consensus regarding these films is that they are simple flights of fancy that are not taken as seriously by critics as other more dramatic films. And the entire reason I approached Max 
about joining me for this podcast was to showcase that there is more to this genre than what the majority of the population thinks. And overall, would I say that we've proven that? I can honestly say the answer is dependent on what you, the tens and tens of listeners, <laughs> choose to believe. And there it is again, that choice. I guess what I can say that I've learned and gathered about how I feel about rom-coms is how I've grown to feel about life. I don't focus so much on the results of an action so much as I focus on the choices of those who are acting. Do you choose to be selfless or selfish? Do you choose to be kind or mean? Do you choose to be vulnerable or guarded? That's what I choose to give a fuck about. <laughs> That's what excites me and, and makes me feel. That's what can bring me to tears or squeals of joy. That's what I care about with these films and in life. Overall, I believe that rom-coms are my favorite genre of film because it is the one that is most dependent upon choice. Depending on the choices the filmmakers make, I will feel a certain way about it. And that is an exciting prospect to me every time I sit down to watch. Hmm. And when I think about the films that I've liked and, you know, married on this podcast compared to ones that I've killed, it, it always comes down to me uh, as I, as I start to freestyle again for my prepared <laughs> statement uh, to, to just to, you know, as I mentioned in the statement choice, but also just effort, you know, mm. it, it, it takes effort to make a choice, you know, to, mm. You put an effort forth and and everything. Um, I think about Monster in Law Mm, and how pretty much all they decided to do with that one was we've chosen Jennifer Lopez and Jane Fonda and we're going to make a film. And we'll figure figure everything else out later. And that was it. There, there weren't, there weren't a lot of like, it, it basically that was the only choice made, and then they just kind of went Feels with whatever. Like, like there was no, there, there was nothing else put to it, and it came off as a, a just a muddled mess, just mm. horribly. And then, but at the same time, you can kind of ride that same like wavelength of insanity and like snap decisions and ride it all the way to a film. That's at least, you know, fuckable. I think of bro or I think of romancing the stone and the jewel of the dial, which those movies are fucking entertaining as shit. We both fucked both of them. Like even jewel of the dial, which is absolutely insane of a film. It's an absolutely insane film. That shit crazy. But the thing is a jet drives through the fucking town. Yes. Not flies. They, drives. Yeah. Yes. A bomber they, or fighter, whatever. But the thing is, it was obvious that throughout that film, they were making choices in, in that they were basically like, 
I choose to have a fucking fighter jet in this film because it will be cool as hell. <laughs> All right. Remember then, the alligator? Can... The alligator gets, they, yeah. he gets fed to the, the alligator. alligator. In the, fir- the alligator in the first in the, one. In the first one is where the fucking jewel of the Nile went. Like they had to get the alligator, or, or they had to get the jewel out of the fucking alligator. Just like what the fuck? It was they made choices. Like it, the choices are but absolutely batshit insane, but they made choices. They didn't they, just shrug their shoulders and said, eh, "People don't really care." They decided, "I choose to do this." Yep. And it's and they like, committed to that choice. They committed, they committed to that choice. They 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 went into it with their whole ass, and that's that's where I that's where I can roll with things on rom-coms. I can't roll with rom-coms that are just like, we got these bits and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, let's just, I mean, I th- we've done, we've done enough. You know, what's the, it's the, the same shit goes for actual relationships. That's what we see in these, these yeah. on screen relationships. The more successful ones are the ones that make a choice and commit to it. Whole ass it. Yeah. As my trusted mentor said, never whole ass or never half ass two things, whole ass one thing. <laughs> there you Ron go. Swanson. It, it, think about think about relationships. If you are going through the motions, that's usually towards the end of a relationship because it's gonna end up mm-hmm. ending. If you're just mm-hmm. going through the motions and you're just like, yeah, you know, or, we should probably go out soon and go do something instead of i uh, choose i choose that i want to go here i want to go take a trip to this place with you by my side and this may end poorly because we may not enjoy it but i choose but i want to try it and i want you beside me while we do it i'm making a whole ass choice here Yep. And it's going to it's gonna be great or it's going to suck, but I'm making that full choice. And because I'm making that full choice, we're going to be okay with the result regardless. And we're going to make it through stronger. Yeah. And that's what, and so that's basically what Rob Cobb's break down to for me. Make a choice, be committed to it. And if you do that, we'll ride with you no matter how stupid it is. Goddamn right. And if that's, you don't make a cho- that's what love choice, is all fucking yeah. about, man. To begin yeah. with, like just yeah, like look stupid, make an ass out of yourself, because yeah. that's that's sometimes what's taken or what's involved to like put your heart on your sleeve, you know, to be a yeah, hopeless I romantic, mean, to be to be open about it. Other than like I. I talked to you before the ep- before we started this episode about the last holiday, which we literally watched like four or five weeks ago. I, I fuck that movie! And, and I and we both can't remember it. Did I kill it? Can I go back and kill it? I don't know if you did. I th- I killed it for sure. I think I killed it. But like, we both were like, I, well, I don't remember it, and I don't, I don't fuck. Besides. Remember. I mean, besides having Queen Latifah in it and, you know, knowing that she was going to have a terminal illness that was no longer a terminal illness, 
there weren't a lot of oh, other choices yeah. that they made. Now I remember it. Yeah, it's just it was just a bunch of shit stupid. mixed together and yeah. I No. No. Yeah, we don't need that shit. Like, we don't need that shit. What other choices? Yeah, I it was just a jumbled mess that lacked any sort of clarification or commitment. Yep. And it sucked. So and making forward. Like you said, making a choice and committing to it can be interpreted by everyone watching the movie. Like it's up to them to prioritize what choices are being made, you know? Mm-hmm. But with all of these movies, they need to actually present us with some choices to choose from. You know, <laughs> they need to show mm-hmm. us that they have themselves thought this through a little bit, committed to a few things, committed to a fucking direction. How many times have we complained about that? That they didn't yes. pick like an actual like, or or along the same vein, like they didn't vet it through multiple writers. You know, it was the the brainchild of one person, and it's obvious. Yeah, because it's underdeveloped. And, yeah, and sometimes, you know, it, with just one voice, there's a you know, as a voice, you're not a hundred percent sure about what you're writing. That's why, mm-hmm. that's why authors have editors mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to get a second voice to make sure you're coming through clear. <sighs> I still can't fucking believe it's been a hundred goddamn episodes, man. It's been a hundred goddamn episodes. Yeah. Um, that was, uh, that was seriously a beautiful fucking, what are we calling it? A statement? I I guess statement. No, there's a, there's a better word for that. There's a fancier word for that. Like a soliloquy. No. There's, there's some other, like I'm associating it with like a tribune, in the Senate room, like giving a, <laughs> not a statement of proclamation or something. I don't know. It was a rumination. It was a rumination. It was definitely a rumination. Renee's ruminations. Yes. Oh, uh, no, I'm glad you wrote that. That was, that was good to hear. And hundred percent like, true. I agree. Uh, um, what the other thing that we that we make choices on? Um, it used Drinking to be on a Thursday night. <laughs> besides that, um, we used to just hit record and then talk for however long, and then start the podcast. And then I would choose a snippet out of however long we were talking. And that would be our cold open. Those are the days. And we've had a cold open for pretty much every episode. Um, and so, uh, Max, you mentioned that you listened to. I listened to every open. single fucking cold open. Wow! I went I, back through and I listened to each one of these fucking things. Huh? What? Are, <laughs> kudos to you. <laughs> <laughs> what did you? What information did you gather? So. It was it was educating, to say the least. And it was actually it was a lot easier to do because thankfully the theme song kicks in after every single one. So I, that's my 
audio cue to just boop, okay, go on to the next episode. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's me and my editing. You know, Perfect. just you make, thought ahead, you know, make it easy and simple. I appreciate it. I know you were thinking of, of me the whole time. Um, an editor, an editing choice. You know, dude, there was so much. There was so much shit. I was listening to this at work, and I'm sitting there listening to stuff that was now two years ago where I, I feel like in so many ways I am as a person, as a human being, I am so far removed from the person that I was recording these episodes when I'm listening to them, you know, this week. And then I'm sitting there fucking giggling at shit out loud in the office like they happened yesterday. And I'm right back to being that kid. Because that's exactly who I am. And some of these openings is a fucking kid. <laughs> um, there was a lot of funny shit that came up in terms of like, there were a couple themes that I was noticing. Themes that we would talk about or things that would happen. First of all, the fucking dog, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Just right off the bat. I chose I chose the wrong time to take a sip of water because <laughs> I about spit it out of my fucking laptop. <laughs> oh, that goddamn dog. That dog. That dog is in several cold openings alone. Like, not just the episodes, just a cold opening. Yeah. Some of which last 20 seconds tops. Yeah. It's so much so outside of the cold opening that we actually mentioned it in one of the cold openings. It, <laughs> we, you never hear the dog in the cold open, but in one of them, I can't remember which episode, but in one of them, he just comes up as like a joke, like an inside joke. He, one of us mentions him <laughs> and then we end up going on like a, a good 15, 20 second tirade about the little shit. That's the third co-host. I think we got to give it to that dog. Like, yeah, that's, that's the, the co-host. That's the third co-host. Yeah. The third co-host. yeah. So, um, let's see. What else? So, there were three major things that I noticed. Major themes that I noticed. First of all is the least exciting of them and the most depressing, which is COVID. Yeah. I, looking back, I'm actually... I'm really curious to see what this feels like after two years. I'm really curious to see what this feels like in 10 years. When we look back and listen to some of these audio clips from a time that was very different from anything we'd ever experienced in life. We were recording weekly episodes during a fucking massive pandemic. I think it's kind of cool that it got reflected in it and you could, you could very easily hear snippets of our moods of our lives at the time i think it's cool mm -hmm. it's like a little time capsule yeah yeah it's just fucking nuts thank god we had this through covid jesus <laughs> for our sanity yeah secondly singing big theme 
I I uh, I tend to like to go with singing for cold opens because I think it's funny. Of course, and it works in a lot of them. And lastly, I had forgotten about this entirely, but it is the most common theme among all of the cold opens. Renee trying to trick Max is what I have written down in my notes. (laughs) (laughs) I counted five distinct times that you are trying to fool me in the video feed by like lip syncing something. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot I used to do that all the time. Right? I totally forgot that. (laughs) When they first introduced video to this platform that we use. I want to say there's like two or three episodes in a row you do it. (laughs) I would just move my lips without making a sound. Oh, fuck. I totally forgot about that shit. Consecutively. Yeah, I did that in consecutive weeks. Yeah. It was like, I didn't even space it. (laughs) I didn't space it out. I literally just tried it again the very next week. (laughs) 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 Oh, Oh, my God. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, Oh, All right. Yeah, and then aside from yeah. that, I did, I did, I kind of narrowed it down. I wanted, to, I wanted to choose like the best cold open. I, that was the whole purpose behind this fucking shit. Like, it's not like I'm some lunatic that just wanted to be egocentric about this and go back and listen to all of our shit. I had a purpose. But that's okay if you were. Huh? But that's okay if you were. I mean, I was a little bit. I mean, come on. We got some good <laughs> shit, honestly. Like, if I'm, if I'm chuckling at this, Two years later, at least we think we're funny. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a couple. I narrowed it down, but I, I need your help, and I'm going to try to jog your memory. Um, well, of note, episode 22, the cold open to episode 22, which let's see was we're going to jump into the facts here, the stats. I do have a couple stats. Ooh. Sweet Home Alabama, episode 22. That's which that. also included, which also included our Reese Witherspoon expert, Matt Thompson. Shout Damn out to right. Matt Thompson. That was the He's first one it did, episodes. right? He's only done two, that one and Legally Blonde. So, yeah. Wow, I thought he did three with us for some reason. Well, there's another Reese Witherspoon movie that we could do. That I'm thinking of right now. Oh, maybe we plan to do three. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, and we just haven't gotten to that movie yet. Well, the cold open to that episode is fucking hilarious because it's literally it. It's me coming on there. It it caught me off guard going back and listening to it, and I literally just lean into the microphone. Matt and you are talking, and you just hear me lean in and go, "Bitches." <laughs> I forgot about. to the mic you were and the bass in your voice as you said it just bitches 
Oh, fucking hell. Mm. So, unsurprisingly, the stat behind this one is that is Renee's longest laugh. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I was already like three drinks deep at that point, too. Yep. Like everything was real funny at that moment. I I think you laughed. I tried timing it briefly. I think you laughed for consecutively for over 10 seconds. It was just 10 <laughs> seconds straight of laughter. And I think your entire laugh with breaths was like 35 or 40 seconds. It was amazing. <laughs> So Renee's famous laugh is in episode 22. That's the best sample. Um, let's see. Episode four. Okay, we're just going to go in order because there's there's a couple good ones worth noting. Episode four, I thought was personally hilarious. That's where we're talking about ordering Chinese food. You ask me if I got the Panda, Panda Express. We talk about that for a while, and then you go, you make a joke, and you say, you know, they use real panda. And I'm like, that's true. That's true. Instead of orange chicken, they use black and white. Right? It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't resonate the same way now. But back then, two years ago, it was fucking hilarious. I'm pretty sure we were drinking at that point. I mean, it's still, I honestly, I laughed when I heard it. And we're like laughing about it. We're like, it's not supposed to be funny. It's a dad joke. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> well, I think because once again, it's the commitment thing. Like, oh, the commitment said, to it. Because <laughs> like, say like, reporting it back is not the same it's yeah. not the same as when you commit to the punchline in a dad jokey way in the moment right um in episode seven um you say i feel so trapped in these shorts <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's how the episode opens is I feel so trapped in these shorts. And you hear me mutter a couple of things and then I just scream into the mic. If you get naked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. In episode 13, we try doing the Spanish sure. version of the countdown. I'm pretty sure I was high for that one. Oh, probably. I'm, I'm sure the, we were high for a lot the, of these. The trapped in the shorts one, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that that seems like a very <laughs> elevated thought. Um, yes, I do remember when we tried to count down in Spanish and you could not. <laughs> that was that was awful. Um, episode sixty one has the longest cold open of them all. Episode sixty one. Hmm. I, wow. I want you to try to guess how long it was. <laughs> to all the boys I've loved, to all the boys, P.S., I still love you. Mm hmm. Huh. And it's mm -hmm. only an hour and seven minutes of the episode. Uh, I think it goes off for like three minutes. Three minutes, nine seconds. <laughs> and it's because we're reviewing the to all the girls i've loved before 
song by oh that's right and we and i went into like the fucking lyrics we went into the lyrics and (laughs) and i kept that whole bitch in because i thought it was all gold oh my god but it's followed closely by episode 70 nine episodes later which is the second longest and this one was fucking hilarious (laughs) guess the length of this one uh 245 how are you so damn close damn 249 nice do you remember what we talk about i know it's for pretty and pink i don't know what we talked about wait did we talk about james spader no oh god what was that one i didn't come across was that a well, he's in this movie, so I think we just talked about James Spader and how much of a dick he is in, during the actual episode. We did, yeah, you're right, we did. But anyway. Um, what movie was it again? Pretty in Pink. Oh, I um, I asked you to spell yep. Uh, yep. orchestral maneuvers yep. in the dark. And <laughs> yeah. We talked about the name. You asked of the me band to guess the eighties name, the band name, first, the band name, and then spell the name. <laughs> You're like, you just drop the hammer, like, nope. Their band name is Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark, and you just hear me go, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and you just go, "It's the eighties, man. It's the eighties, <laughs> yeah." Maneuvers. Why would they spell it that way? It's the 80s, man. (laughs) And lastly, in episode 90, I completely forgot about this. Go ahead. I know! (laughs) 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 Oh, Oh, God. Oh, God. You getting a cramp? I almost got a cramp. A I almost cramp? got a cramp. I almost got a cramp. Hold on. I, hold on. Breathe. Breathe. We're okay. We're okay. We're okay. Calm. Calm. Slow the blood pressure. Think happy thoughts. Just try not to sit weird on my left side. Oh, man. I, I know! Like rib- <laughs> I felt like a rib crack. <laughs> I know! I know! I know! <laughs> Oh, fucking hell. Um, well, as I look through the list of all the movies that we've done, before we get into, I think we should do the list of our five least favorite movies for this, for, uh, in this episode. Least but favorite first we, and, and yeah. best. Right. And then we'll do best to end the second part. I like that. So we do have um, a, we do have a plan then, <laughs> a, a semblance of a plan, yes. Uh, but before we do that, I have a question: Is there, or can you narrow it down to one film that surprised you the most that we've watched so far? Oh yeah, actually, I did feel like I came across a few of those. Hmm. Ghosts of Girlfriends Past actually surprised me quite a bit. Yes. Um, 
I mean, even with my Matthew McConaughey bias, that one was surprisingly decent. Um, I'm looking through them too. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, even all the to all the boys I loved before that trilogy was surprisingly good. Like, I figured that would just be a shitty teen movie, you know. Mm-hmm. And all three of them have their merits. Although the first one's the best one, but absolutely, yeah. The third one kind of yeah. tailed off, but I mean, you're bound to have yeah. the three. Yeah, but I mean, the third one they fuck, so you know. That's true. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't with uh, Centineo? <laughs> Noah Centineo, come Fucking on. Noah Centineo, get the hell out of here. Noah Centineo, <laughs> my my opinion of him still stands. Yeah. Who wouldn't want him to be your first time? Regardless of how shitty of a human being he'd become, at least you could say, like, go back to a high school picture and say, this is the guy that took my virginity. And everyone's going to look at that picture and be like, <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> like you know, I was like, I get it. That that makes sense. That's a I yeah, see he's, why he's I totally see a why, high school thing. Yeah, I see I see why you you know gambled against teen pregnancy for that. That makes complete sense to me. Things could have gone sideways, and you could have become a teen mother. But you know, with that face, I in that jawline, I get why you take that chance. <laughs> um, um, did you hear about the Morgans? Was pretty surprising. Oh fuck you! It was surprising oh, just how fucking terrible it was. I I'll have thoughts about that one toward the end of this episode. Oh, good. Oh, good. For me, I don't necessarily have a top five, but there are multiple films that I was surprised by. Ghosts yeah. of Girlfriends Past was definitely a surprising one and how much I enjoyed that one as mm-hmm. well, especially because I'm not the biggest fan of Jennifer Garner. Um, and then... Uh, I remembered enjoying Failure to Launch when I saw it in theaters, but rewatching it, that like once again, I was surprised. I was still surprised by how much I enjoyed it, even though it was pretty bad, like dumb. It, it came back to the whole commitment yeah. thing again. It, like yeah. they they committed to their comedic bits and they committed to, you know. Even they committed to their choices, even if their choices were ludicrous. Yeah. <laughs> like um, even the fucking animal parts in that film. Um, the animal But parts? I would say, yeah, I remember all the times the animals would like attack the Matthew McConaughey, like when they're going rock climbing and then there's like a, a squirrel that. Oh bites. my God. I completely <laughs> like, forgot. Yeah, and like he rides a dolphin at the end or some oh bullshit. Oh my god! Yeah, like, yeah. Like, what is all any of that anyway? But I would say the movie I was most surprised by that we watched 
It's 27 dresses. What? I liked that movie a hell of a lot more than I expected to because I am not a Katherine Heigl fan. I do like me some James Marsden. Mm. But, like, that film, the fucking... I, I've rewatched the Benny and the Jet scene, you know, a couple times on YouTube. Mm. And Fuck I think that, that scene is... But that scene is fantastic. Uh, just, the whole... Like, everything about the whole, you know, 27 dresses aspect. I, I just... I enjoyed the hell out of that movie. So I mean, it was well that, done. It was actually a decently yeah. done movie, which you can't say about a lot of Katherine Heigl movies. I'm sorry. Like, even the ones where she's very okay in them or passable. I'm sorry, but Ugly Truth is garbage. Oh, um, uh, yeah. It's got one funny scene in it, and then the rest of it sucks. What's the funny scene? <laughs> when she wears the vibrating panties to the dinner. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, and it's just when, and like when she comes back up from the table, when she's got her head down, and then she comes back up, and then they're just like, "You okay?" And she's like, "Yeah." <laughs> oh yeah, the expression. You see, she committed to that though. She committed to that bit, and it was just like... And look at why we're highlighting it. Boom. Yeah, because it's the only good part of that fucking film. And also, the fact that that film was written by three females. It's like, how much do you... Like, that That was surprising to me, but also not surprising at the same time. Where it's just like, yeah, how much do you hate females that you wrote this movie, but at the same time... How horrible is your opinion of men that you think men think this way about females? Yeah. And just like the whole thing was toxic. <laughs> but but very <laughs> the vibrating panty scene, hilarious. <laughs> uh I, but chasing liberty was surprising. See, I I introduced it, so it wasn't surprising to me because I knew how much I liked it. But and same I, with same with Wimbledon, actually, for that matter, two of your choices in a row that were legitimately yeah. surprising to me. Like yeah. Wimbledon, I Wimbledon is one of the movies that, looking back through our through all of our episodes this week, Wimbledon's one of the ones that I highlighted in my brain. Is like I do need to go back and watch that again. Because there's a, I, there's a couple of those movies that I, I would like, I feel like I need to go back and, and rewatch and like reassess myself, you know, like movies that I made a note of while I watched and it was like, I can't marry it now because it's the first time I've seen it, but I definitely want to watch it again. I feel like there's a couple of those we did like that, that even you were saying like, I definitely want to watch this again. Yeah. Yeah, there's, as I've looked through this list, there are a couple. Um, and one of my favorite, one of my favorite podcasts that we did of the entire series. And like, it was one of my favorite conversations that we had. 
And it was just surprising to me all the feelings and thoughts that came out regarding this film was my best friend's wedding. My best friend's wedding. Yeah. Now, do you remember that film? No. <laughs> How do you not remember that film? That's one of the more famous rom-coms. Oh, yeah, I do. I remember it now. Because honestly, that was something I was noticing as well going through them was how much a lot of them are bleeding together. Like, <laughs> I think well, just from the sheer amount that I hadn't seen before, now that we're getting into, combined with the sheer amount we're, we've done. Like, we do them literally once a week. And it's so regular and it's so often that it's like, I honestly, we're just like speeding through some of them, you know? Yeah. I do remember this one now, though, now that I'm looking it up and looking at screenshots. it. But I mean, being able to talk about Rupert Everett's character, George, in the film, maybe one of the more iconic was a good talk. rom-com film characters the fact that all three of the main characters and Julia Roberts, Cameron Diaz, Diaz and Dermot Mulroney are unlikable. God, <laughs> um, yeah. All the decisions and choices that are made in the film, but at the same time, how beautiful summertime Chicago is. It's, there was so much oh, to talk yeah. about in that film. That film was just, it generated oh, yeah. so many thoughts and it was just like, there, absolute. Like I, to this day, it's it's such an interesting film to think about because it's just there's so many things. It, it's just full of choices that make it go, huh? <laughs> but they're fully committed choices. Yeah. So so it's just like there's there there was no half stepping. <laughs> Everything they did, they committed to. And you, and some of it worked and some of it didn't, uh, but I, all of it was interesting. Anyway, yeah, we did have a good uh, talk that episode. Yeah, I mean that episode was like over now that minutes, I'm, so. yeah. So let's see. I'm trying to think if there was one that stood out to me. Um, it was actually a good talk. We've had we've had a few. It's not like I really had a distaste for any of them. Let's see here. Oh, you know what was it? I thought it was a, at least a fun talk. It was entertaining as fuck to talk about. Um, was all about Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a fun discussion. We had My some God. fun shit to talk about in that one. <laughs> My God. Uh, uh, I That one. <laughs> there were some choices made that were fully committed. <laughs> and then it felt like halfway through the film, they lost confidence in their choices because they realized what they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. It, it like, it, or they mean, just took Sam, things too far. and Yeah, and then they didn't know where to go. Oh and, but like God. Sandra Bullock and Bradley Cooper never stopped committing. 
No, no, they that's were completely why, committed. Like they never stopped committing, but the, even the filmmakers are just like, I, I don't know. <laughs> we're, we're, we're in a sinkhole yeah. now. The fact that they didn't fucking, <laughs> didn't you say they had it in the coffers forever? Like they didn't air, like they didn't. Yeah. And like, and then they basically held on to it. They were going to release it like in the fall and then they were going to release it in the winter and then they didn't do anything with it. And then the proposal hit and was huge. And then the hangover hit and was huge. And so then they were just like uh, literally six weeks after like the proposal started making a shit ton of money. They're just like, here's all about Steve. It has two of the biggest stars of the (laughs) summer. Here you guys go. Here's more of them. It's just like you sneaky bastards. Just fucking making money off of the off of this movie that you didn't know what to do with because it God. no one knew what to do with it. It was a straight to DVD movie that they fucking lucked out on one summer. They and really stole fucking money did. for people. Stole money for people. I I that is still one of the more interesting stories regarding a film that that I that I've ever seen. That's a that's a really fucking weird story. Yeah, I I've never heard of a movie being. I mean, I'm sure it happens all the time. We just don't know about but it. But like to have that fortuitous a timing. Yeah. As well, just incredible. Oh, I will say one more, one more yeah. episode. I think this one actually is my favorite. That I, I I need to go back and listen to it again. But I think my favorite episode that we did was Jewel of the Nile. <laughs> I really do. Like that was such a fucking <laughs> hilarious episode. We clowned on that film so hard <laughs> on that episode. Well, we had a good run. We had a good run. <laughs> we had a good run, didn't we, babe? <laughs> <laughs> just the massive amounts of just breasts that show up oh, halfway yeah. through the film. And, and like, like it's nothing else then, too. And then the jewel of the Nile Messiah dude basically whispering in Michael Douglas's ear, "Go to her, be with her," and he immediately just jumps Kathleen Turner's bones. And then as they're climbing down a mountain, not not more than like probably twelve hours later, they break up for the fourth time in the movie. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck? Are we had doing, a good run. Guys? We had a good run, kid. You climbed down this mountain by yourself <laughs> after we just banged in a fucking teepee. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that film. Oh, wow. Fuck. That movie is amazing. Uh, and then they fucking sail off into the sunset in the middle of the Middle East. They're sailing I, I on one body of water. On one body of fucking water. Where are you sailing to? You're Very... on your landlocked water, you dumbasses. <laughs> God but, damn it. The Caspian doesn't open up somewhere? <laughs> Just going to sail off to 20, these 20 mi- nautical miles to more sand and nothingness. <laughs> hey, look, babe. More sand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just we're gonna go live on the sailboat for another six to eight months like we did after the first film 
but on this little body of water that's landlocked in the middle of the <laughs> just fucking going around in a circle. Yeah. No, no I swear <laughs> it's a different fucking tree. It's a different fucking tree. Look, it's got six branches. <laughs> oh, today it's 120. Tomorrow it's gonna be 120. The next day it's gonna be 120. <laughs> But we got a bunch of fucking salt water that you can't even dive into. You're just going to float on top of so we can cool ourselves off there, right? <laughs> God damn it. That bill made no sense. Well, they had a good oh, run. But they had a good <laughs> run. <laughs> Fuck it. All right. I think it's time to drop our top five least favorite films. That we've watched so far on the it's podcast. The top, uh, the ultimate shit list. <laughs> yeah, our ultimate shit list. Oh, all right. Well, I'll start it off with an easy okay. one that we've already mentioned: Monster in Law. Is that? Are you going like number five for you? Oh, are we ranking them, or are we just listing five? I mean, completely up to you. Well, let's here. Why don't we? Why don't we get through five and then we can rank them afterwards? Because I'm not even. I can't even okay. begin to rank them until I. Okay. Let me think about this here. Monster in Law is I definitely like definitely up there. Monster in Law is on my list as well. Because that it bears no discussion. Like agreed. What's the second film you'd like to add mm. to your five? Did you hear about the Morgans? <laughs> Did you hear about the Morgans is going to be on my five as well. Um, the Ugly Truth. I want to. I want to believe there is redeemable stuff in that, but then I think back to all of the fucking outdated, biased, just fucking machismo kind of fucking comments that are made throughout that. That just fucking drove me insane and then i think back to all of the like lopsided dialogue that katherine heigl had too that was just like this was clearly written by a fucking dude and a really immature dude at that who doesn't really know that much about mature relationships it's just and it was actually written by three females yeah like what it's just so many pieces of dialogue were just so toxically offensive. This is where you and I start to differ because that's all well and good and true. But I start to get offended by just like, the sheer money grabs of some of the movies that we've watched where it just feels like just the lack of effort mm. or just the lack of effort in making a coherent storyline where they're just like, look, we're going to put you guys here and I don't know. We're going to, let's uh, here. That'll set up my third choice. We're going to, we're going to put you guys here and we're going to have the girls high on ecstasy and uh, naked near some horses. And then we're going to have Mike <laughs> and Dave come over. And then somehow the horses are going to escape. 
Yeah, that that movie at one Mike point in my life wedding dates is the is the absolute shits. That movie sucked. I hated it. At one so point in my, my life mind. I liked that. That's what disturbs me the most. <laughs> like here's the thing. I've found that if there's one thing I could point to as redeeming, it's no longer in my five worst movies that we've watched. So the ugly truth is not in my five. And I and, mm. and it's because of that panty scene. I could point to that and say I enjoyed that. That's true. And then another one that's not on my list that I could say the is going to be last holiday even though i talked about how shitty it was that we really i really couldn't remember anything i can't remember anything good or bad so it just fades off it doesn't even make this list but there are two more besides the the three that we mentioned hmm you want to take the fourth one what you still got to look i'm still looking yeah if i'm down to two i gotta like make these two count <laughs> I would my and so this one's on my list here. Runaway Bride. Oh god. That movie was infuriating. Oh my god. We literally we stopped it 25 minutes in and said, can we stop? Oh, can we just use another movie? That's my number four, too. I forgot about that one. And yes, I forgot how infuriating it was. Yes. That was that the movie. closest. That's the closest we ever got to just punting on a film. Yep. Oh my god. Yeah, I f- I forgot just what that felt like. I completely forgot. I'm so <laughs> glad you brought that up. I yeah. for- I completely forgot about getting 20 minutes in and and pausing and just being like, okay, but real talk, is there is there any way like we could do an episode without finishing this? And we actually discussed it. You remember yeah, that? Like we, we discussed actually it. discussed options. We discussed options. Yeah. Like regardless of whether we followed through with the episode or not, the fact that we actually stopped long enough to have a dis- like a serious discussion of how we were going to explain it to the <laughs> tens and tens of listeners that we did not watch this movie and could not finish it. That just goes to show how like slightly OCD we are too. That we're like, no, yeah, we got to get through it, man. We got to get. Through we got. We got to pound. We got to pound through. We had to pound through because we we're finishing this Gary Marshall trilogy that we didn't have to go through. Fucking Gary. Gary Marshall. Gary Marshall. Five. Gary Marshall is my number five. I don't even. Know <laughs> <Gary>. <laughs> All of them. All the Garys. If I could put yeah, um, Gary Marshall and his existence on my top five yeah. hated things. He'd be number my number five. A couple, a couple more honorable mentions before I give my last my number five. What happens in Vegas? Mm, yeah, couple, I mean, couple Rob redeemable Cord- parts. Rob Corddry and Lake Bell are so good in it that it, it it escapes. Yep. And then maybe the upset of all upsets. Not even making my five is. The Wedding Planner, which was the very first movie of our shit list. We both killed it. Oh, yeah. It is so indistinct. Oh, yeah. I'd completely forgotten about it. Matthew McConaughey with glasses. Uh, Pete Sampras' wife. Jennifer Lopez. Just 
Jennifer Lopez movies in general. Monster in Law was more aggressively bad than that one. Yes. This, but this, but the wedding planner did suck, but it didn't suck so much that it made the five for me. It was just, it was a different kind of bad. It was just like, it was like shrug your shoulders bad. It yes. was like, eh, okay, this movie sucked. Uh, another honorable mention to Breakfast at Tiffany's. What the fuck is that movie? Dude, what the fuck? Why is that movie so fucking famous? And so beloved. I don't get it's it. So I... well, it's so well reviewed. I don't get it either. You know, an acid, tri- an acid trip of a movie. I don't honestly, know what the fuck it is. I think that's my that's one of my bigger takeaways from doing this up this this podcast with you. It's just like for someone coming from you, someone who actually likes those types of movies a lot more than I do. Older rom like the old school original types of rom coms. I mean, we'll probably talk about the other Audrey Hepburn movie that we've watched. Well, we, I mean, the other two in the next part of this. Yeah, hundred episode spectacular. And yeah, to to further my point, an Audrey Hepburn movie like Audrey Hepburn we've discussed yeah. is the shit. Yeah, to have someone like you contrast my own beliefs about those types of movies and be able to come to a consensus on this one that, okay, this is a commonly accepted classic. Why? Cause she sits on a window and sings blue moon or moon river. Because she has a long cigarette and gloves on and looks posh in her fucking in her wear in her dresses. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Um, not worth then, Not worth Of all the classics you could watch, not worth it. For God's no. sake. You know what's even better? Actually, wait, no. This might have been it. No, it wasn't it. No, what am I thinking? Quit bowling! That movie was great. That movie was great. It happened one night. Yeah. Um, but uh, also... Um, yeah, there are other movies that sucked. Last Christmas, Eat a Dick. <laughs> what was you. Last Christmas? The fucking... Uh, the, the, the heart transplant one. The heart transplant one? Uh, where she is talking to that guy, um, and then ends up the guy is the one who gave her the heart. He was run over by the... Bus. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that <laughs> one. Fuck that one. Where she's talking to a ghost the whole time, or not even a ghost. Yeah. It's like it's like an implied memory transfer of some sort. Like what the <laughs> fuck through, through the heart transplant she received from him, or some I, some God. bullshit. Like I'm sorry, <laughs> maybe it's because we've gotten too old and cynical about reality, and we're just too grounded in actual physical observable reality now. But what the fuck, guys? Come on, like. The- Love is no, mysterious but, and metaphysical as it is. You don't need to go that fucking far into the goddamn paranormal. They, they literally called the movie Last Christmas, and then in the song it goes, Last Christmas I gave you my heart, and it's centered around a heart transplant. Fucking Emma Thompson, you wrote a piece of shit. I'm sorry. I love Oh you. my god, I forgot she wrote it. And also gave herself an Eastern European accent. Did we question that in the episode? Yes. Questioned what the it. fuck? Why did she do that? Like, if she wrote it, why did she? Okay, whatever. 
<laughs> yeah, and somehow it doesn't make my five. I, uh, somehow didn't make my five. And then, of course, the biggest upset. It still haven't gotten to the biggest upset. The biggest upset. When I first started this podcast, I told you a movie that I said I hated oh, so yeah. much that I couldn't wait to shit on. And we had to find a way to shit on this movie at some point. And that movie was something borrowed. I aggressively hated <laughs> A lot of aspects of the, not that film. We created an episode that's a bit toxic because you were over talking about it about 20 minutes into the episode, and the episode is two hours long. And you just sounded like you wanted to be anywhere else than hearing me describe painstaking detail how much everything sucked. <laughs> and, <laughs> and at the same time, I still kind of like John Krasinski's performance of the film and his character. <laughs> So that film does not make my five. The film that makes my five in a landslide upset is Couples Retreat. Fuck that oh, film. Oh, yeah. Fucking hell. It is the worst. Those, all those people sucked. <laughs> all those actors wanted to just... Those actors basically just said, hey, I would like a free trip to Bora Bora on a fucking movie production time. And the movie production said, cool, we'll somehow make a profit off of this. Oh, my God. Fuck that film. Anyway, what's that your was, No, that was – that one – I had forgotten about Couples Retreat, and that one is pretty bad. Oh, my God. You know, honorable mentions, I remember saying I hated fucking Fever Pitch. <laughs> that one sucks, yeah. Um, but, you know, now that the Red Sox have actually won a World Series, and or several, um, it makes it even worse. And, yeah. Um, but, you know, now that I know who Jimmy Fallon is a little bit more, and he's become a little more entrenched in my general knowledge of reality that it's acceptable and it's about baseball, which is why like fucking bull Durham doesn't make the list, which is yeah. why for the love of the game, <laughs> as much as I list. goddamn want it to, cause fuck that movie. It's a fucking travesty to the sport of baseball. The baseball parts are good, but the rest of it is awful. And it ruins yeah. the baseball part of it. It takes away yes, from Major League fair. is a better rom com for that reason. Like at least no, it doesn't not. detract. No, it's not. Take it back. It doesn't detract from the baseball the way that one does. The way, but at the same, oh, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna get into an argument about that movie Jake Taylor is the worst goddamn partner in the he's history of movies. He's so bad. He's so bad. How is he that like like the story she tells about like his fucking infidelity in Mexico where she found him with like two other girls. He was in the middle of a threesome while on vacation with her in Mexico or bullshit or some bullshit. Yeah. And like and all these other things and he, but he drove he saw her at the game and he drove the bullpen cart all the way over. And he like, even though she's with someone who's obviously a better partner for her, he just shows up randomly. And it's just like, don't you remember the night that we did this? And like, every oh time he just God. talks about, don't you remember the blank? 
It's fucking, don't you remember the time that we fucked here? Or don't yeah. you remember the time yeah. we fucked there? It's just like, don't you remember the time we fucked blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, the, you're the worst, Jake Taylor. You're the worst. You're a catcher who can barely run. And, oh. and, 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 <laughs> is hitting, he's probably hitting low 200. Anyway, sorry. Major League's not even a part of our bills. What's your fifth? <laughs> I forgot to, uh, before I get into the fifth, one last thing about Breakfast at Tiffany's, the worst part of it. Mickey Rooney. How did that not make either of our fives? Mickey Rooney. Oh, God, yeah. Dude. Like, can, we, what? can, we, can we put that on as, like, 5.5? Can, can that? Look, no, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead. Look, Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Consider yourself, consider yourself lucky that Breakfast at Tiffany's is here. <laughs> you are no longer on my five. <laughs> Breakfast at Tiffany's is not my like, five worst. Right. I I kind of want to put the put it on my fifth spot as well, but I'm gonna I'm gonna point out one more movie that I was gonna choose in my fifth that we haven't even mentioned. Okay, the Bounty Hunter. That one sucked. Yeah. And that's coming from someone along this along the argument that you used. If it has something redeemable, it can't be on the top five. I have and forever will be madly in love with Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. This movie still skyrockets onto the five. It is there is so little about it that is redeemable. Even in even with the, the even with her running. That is a very redeemable scene. Even with that. I'm gonna stay strong. I don't know. Breakfast at Tiffany's now is creeping up there. It oh. It's 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 not slowly creeping up for me. If, oh. if I were to if I were to rank these from five to one, as far as the five that I have in there, I know what number one is right now. The worst movie, my least favorite movie that we've watched, is Breakfast at Tiffany's. Really, I'm I, like just, and I think it's partly because of the overall stated opinion of the film. Hmm. And so that's partly it. And I I kind of, I I don't want that to affect my decision, but it affects my decision. People shouldn't like this. People shouldn't (laughs) accept that this film existed. People shouldn't have accepted that. And like the fucking cat and the what? I don't, there's so (laughs) many things. There's so many things. In that goddamn film that don't make any sense. Oh my god! And it was just it was it was complete sixty shit. Where it was just like these weren't committed choices; these were choices for the sake of choices. It was like basically it was going to a chip aisle high and literally <laughs> grabbing things based on color. I like this red bag. I like this yellow bag. I like this blue bag. I like this green bag. What flavors are the chips? What consistency are they? Are they tortilla? Or are they fucking potato? Or are they what? I have no idea, but the colors of the bags are cool. <laughs> what the fuck choice is that? 
<laughs> like, because then when you try to consume it, you're going to be like, oh, this green bag is fucking dill pickle chips. I hate pickles. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Well, I guess I got to try to eat these now. Oh, this entire experience is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's movies in the 60s. You can say the same fucking thing about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. You can say it about every goddamn film that won awards in the 60s. One the Flew Over the Cuckoo's sucked. Nest was weird. Yeah. I, I... The only one, the only movie that's worthwhile in the six, from the 60s is The Graduate. Even that one. And even that one's weird in some ways. Yeah. That's so weird. The whole movie is depressing as fuck. The entire fucking film is just nonstop depressing. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking ending of it. Yeah, the ending is the most, de- literally the most depressing part of the movie. It's nothing but a steep downhill decline. Just, yeah, the I just imagine the people walking out of that theater when it first came out. Like it must have been the, the most depressed human beings that ever fucking watched a film. The ending of the film is the fucking malaise of white privilege in their early twenties. Yeah, the dude is sitting on a fucking... He's lounging on a pool bed. He's floating on a pool. In the backyard of his rich dad's house, lamenting about how he might have to go work in the family business. And it's not what he wants to do. I fucking get that. But... Do we really need to make a movie about it? Yeah, and, that, and, and then his, he gets and, and then he gets laid. I don't see a problem. Quit your bowling. Quit bowling. Quit bowling. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's your fifth? Is it breakfast at Tiffany's? As much as I, I do actually like the Moon River scene. Out of context, I love that scene. Out of I don't context, know what scene you're talking about? Do you, are you talking about the song? She, yeah, where she she sings Moon River, and she's kind of like it's it's under the it's under a very subtly implied pretense that she's kind of you know. She's got wanderlust and she doesn't know why. She's longing for something that she can't identify. It's just an emptiness. It's that at least that's what I interpreted from it as a viewer for myself personally. So because for she's that, an orphan who was then taken in and then went and then she was married off to some dude who was like four like forty something. And then she basically <laughs> had to tell him when he found her, hey, just go back home. And he just nods and fucking goes back home. Some dude who's like 30 years your senior and spent all that time looking for you finally finds you. There's no way now he doesn't try to pull some shit to take you back home, but that's going to end violently. God, I hate that film. That's I don't even remember that watch. part. Yeah. Fucking how, wow. how, could, how could Runaway Bride and Couples Retreat not be the worst film ever because of fucking Breakfast at Tiffany's? That's the worst film ever. <laughs> I, think, I can't believe I can't believe Monster Law and Did You Hear About the Morgans are in the bottom part of my five, but they are in the bottom part of my five. I think I think uh, 
I think I got to make an executive decision here. You're right. And I, I think I got to bump one of the movies. And off the top of my head, I'm thinking I bump Bounty Hunter as much as I want to leave it on there. Well, no, 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 no. If I'm bumping, God damn it. Fuck you, Gerard Butler. It's got to be one of your fucking movies that I got to bump. And it's going to be Ugly Truth. Son of a bitch. Dog, we are at 80 minutes on this episode. We haven't even started the second part. As we goddamn should be. This is all about us. As Make a choice. I got to bump Ugly Truth. Ugly Truth is no longer on my top five worst movies. So now you're at three? No, 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 no. Bounty Hunter is still up there. I was deciding whether okay. to swap out Bounty Hunter for Ugly okay. Truth. So Bounty Hunter is up there. Ugly Truth is Bounty Hunter with Monster in Law. Monster in Law. Did you hear about the Morgans? Did you hear about the Morgans? Runaway Bride. And Runaway Bride. And Breakfast at Tiffany's rounds it out. Okay. So we have four the same. And then I have Couples of Street. You have Bounty Hunter. As the worst? No, as the only difference between our choices. Oh, yeah, yeah. And for me, the worst, you said Breakfast at Tiffany's is the worst. Breakfast at Tiffany's is the worst. Uh, Monster-in-Law is the worst for me. And that's, I can't believe that that's like number four on my list. I, it's it's, it's my okay. List. I got you. I got you. One of us had to do it. And Did you hear about the Morgans is number five on my list somehow? And I think it's because of Mary Steenburgen. Just because of Mary Steenburgen. Yeah. And I mean, fucking, yeah. This, again, supporting characters save a lot of these movies. Supporting characters save a good, I, yeah. I would estimate a good 10 to 15 of these movies that we've done so far from even being on the top five or considered for the top five. But I tell you what, the girl that I cheated on you with was not nearly as sexy as you are. What kind God, of that, fuck boy that bullshit movie is sucked. That? Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> So yeah, I, I got a definitive five to one. Five is somehow, did you hear about the Morgans? I don't know how it isn't higher. It's Four not, it's not is, higher because of Mary, what's her name? Mary Steenberg? Mary Steenberg. Four, and Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Like, Four is monster law because I just can't remember anything specific that annoyed me. It just all annoyed me. The, but the nothing, whole thing. Nothing sta- but nothing specifically stands out as the worst. Because the Runaway whole Bride. thing is awful. Yeah. They're just screaming Runaway. and yelling at each other the whole time. It's awful. Yes. Yes. Runaway Bride is number th- three. And that's just because... The, I like it, the story is so nonsensical that it just is. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then number two is couples retreat. And that's mostly because I, I just, I felt violated as an audience member that these people used me and used people purchasing a ticket with their names attached to it to use that as an excuse to go to Bora Bora to film something for three weeks that they weren't even sure what, what it was <laughs> like, I can't, I can't fathom that they had an actually fully finished script by the time they got there, they had to have finished it while there. Mm-hmm. The, there's no way I would believe anything different, but number one is breakfast of Tiffany's because as I've talked about, it is a completely utterly, Asinine movie it's full just, of 
it, and for the hype, uh, like you said, for the fucking hype that and we the have, hype. the historical context that we have to it, it it's just anyway. So that's that's my rankings. Uh, you don't have to rank yours if you don't want. Well, I would uh, say you, I, you I already said your least favorite one. I think so. I think number five would actually be Breakfast at Tiffany's for me. Okay. And then, well, shit, maybe it would be. Did you hear about the Morgans? Just because I do like Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott's in that. Yeah. Like, again, redeemable. There's something there's something interesting about just Wyoming and like where they chose to film. Yeah, it, it was in an that interesting small town life. There's something slightly redeemable, but not like extremely, just slightly redeemable about it. Yeah. But then but then the actual story that brought them there is just atrocious. Yeah. And everything else about it is atrocious. The way it was made, the the quality of it, the the acting between Hugh Grant and and Sarah Jessica Parker. Horse face. Um, <laughs> that's mean. I'm sorry. Um, anyway, it's not worth talking about anymore. It's terrible. Um, yeah. I would say number four is going to have to be. I think number four is Breakfast at Tiffany's, and number three is Bounty Hunter. Wow. Okay. And number two, what was the other one I said? There's, then you have Runaway Bride. Oh and, yeah, and Monster in Law left. Runaway Bride. Oh, you know what? I think I'd honestly put Runaway Bride three, and I'd bump Bounty Hunter up to two. Wow, Bounty Hunter was terrible. Honestly, it was literally just the, the that one Jennifer Aniston scene that was renewal about it. I'm sorry. It's like I can like I can look that up in my memory banks. I don't. I don't ever need to think about that movie. The only thing that redeems that movie for me to where it's not even in my top five is uh, Jeff Garland. Mm. <laughs> He's hilarious. True. That's it. But That's all. Gerard Butler's performance is just so fucking awful. It's Gerard Butler. Gerard yeah. Butler's terrible. I'm sorry. Like he should have just stuck with 300 and that was it. Um... It's so. Uh... <laughs> That's that for part one. I don't think we're bringing anyone back for part two. If that's how we're leaving it off, I know. Wait, like come back for part two where we talk about our favorite movies. We're gonna that one's gonna be full of us talking about the highlighted films, that's the ones funny. we haven't mentioned yet. This is kind of our way of giving a general overview and talking about and just and basically shitting on the shitty movies. Because that's, you know, part of our podcast. But in the next one will be a lot of us giving props to movies and then relate and then giving you our top five overall. It'll probably be a shorter episode because I don't know if anything else we'll really have to talk about left. So uh, before we do that, uh, you can find our socials uh, on Instagram at Bromancing the Stone Podcast, all one word together. Uh, or um, there's also all right. Twitter at Bro the Stone Pod. Uh, and then you can find me on Twitter at Supermarket Sweep without the E in Supers. That's S U P R Market Sweep. And you can find me on Instagram at Relusa88. And that's R E L U S A A 8. And as I mentioned earlier, 
I have a podcast with my sister Rebecca called We Watched Our MTV. It's a Spotify exclusive, so that's only on Spotify. But we choose music and talk about it, and it's good times. And then Max. On Instagram, you can find me at the Lionhearted, which is T-H-E period L-Y-O-N-H-E-A-R-T-E-D. Yes, sir, ma'am, and all y'all. So second part coming up next week. Until then, we love y'all. We thank you for listening. We will catch you next week. Love you guys.